Welcome to episode 33 of the Truth and Dare podcast. Today, we are learning how to forgive our younger and more fucked up selves. But before we kick it off, let's read our review of the week, which comes from Rebel Supergirl 83. She says, hanging out with besties. I've only recently found the podcast and I'm so mad I didn't find it earlier. These two are so inspiring and they talk about so many things that seem to hit home in my life. I've been binging their episodes from the start and it doesn't matter which one I'm on, whatever they're discussing hits me hard and I love it. It's like hanging out with your besties and talking about what's going on in your life and inspiring each other to be a better version of themselves. We absolutely agree and thank you so much for dropping that love with your review. Remember, if you want to be next week's review, head over to iTunes, drop that love, and hopefully we'll read your review over the airwaves. Also remember all of the tools, resources, blog posts, and show notes can be found at truthanddaremovement.com. Now let's get started forgiving ourselves. Welcome to Truth and Dare, a podcast dedicated to female empowerment through living our truth and daring to change. Hi, I'm Carly Talbot. And I'm Allie Van Fossen. Okay, welcome back. As Ali said, we are forgiving our younger and more fucked up selves this week. So you guys are definitely in for a treat. But before we get started, of course, you know what time it is, slug in the honey. So I will kick this off. My slug in the honey this week is that I am getting married in less than a month. Yesterday, it was the one month mark. And that's just craziness. I mean, I guess this is what happens when you plan a wedding in five months. Like it comes up really fast, <laughs> but time flies and it's just wild. It's just like a wild time and so many changes happening and really exciting. Um, not really stressed out about it, which is a good thing. Just excited and kind of going through that change in my life in this sort of period of evolution, which is cool. And it's it's great. Um, yeah. Allie, your turn. Well, I think whether you plan it in five months or two years, that one month mark just really nail, like hits home, like the nail on the head that you are getting married and everything you've been planning is about to unfold. And it's so exciting. And like you said, pretty surreal. So um, I know exactly how you feel. But my slug in the honey is twofold. Number one, I woke up with a really bitchin' sore throat. So excuse me if I sound nasally. And uh, my other slug is I just discovered this book. You guys all know my back pain um, challenges called Healing Back Pain, The Mind-Body Connection by John Sarno. And I'm only two chapters in and it's blowing my mind. And I really think this might be part of me healing and no longer being in pain. So it's exciting. It's an exciting slug. Yeah, that's really cool. I want to read it, even though I don't have back pain, but you know, it sounds cool. So yeah, cool. Thanks for sharing as always. Um, as Ali said earlier, we are talking about forgiveness in this episode and not necessarily f- forgiving other people people, which we may tap into if it happens in the conversation, but really this episode is about forgiving ourselves. Um, 
This is so important. And the reason we're talking about it is, well, there's a lot of reasons. But number one, I find that when I reach out to you guys, the listeners, um, I often get these responses, whether I'm asking about meditation topics or podcast topics about letting go of past mistakes, forgiving myself for what I've done, moving forward, letting go of resentment. These themes continue to show up over and over again. And I think it's because they're so incredibly universal for all of us and something that we all struggle with and have a really hard time moving past because, of course, we hold ourselves to an insane standard that we would never hold anybody else to, which is kind of crazy. On top of that, we think it's important um, to work through forgiving our past behaviors, our past relationships, our past choices, our past ideas, our reactions to things, our perspectives in the past, because otherwise we stay stuck, right? And the whole journey of living our truth and daring to change is about moving forward. And as Ali and I always say, yes, we're going to fall down, but it's about getting back up. And if you don't have forgiveness in your heart for yourself, you cannot get back up. You always stay on the ground. And that's where you, when you become stagnant. And listen, this is something that Ali and I are working on so hard. Um, we struggle all of the time. We're kind of in this one toe in, one toe out, which um, one of our podcast guests, Ashley, who leads the um, tea ceremonies was talking about. And it's a really hard place to be in where you know what you want. You're clear on your intentions. You see the future self and what that looks like and who that is. But you're still engaging in thoughts and experiences and behaviors and relationships that keep you from getting to that place. And Every time you engage in those behaviors, you beat yourself up for it. See, instead of the positive feedback loop that we talk about, this is the negative feedback loop. And the cycle goes around and around and around. And it's very hard to get out of it. And I know sometimes we often are here preaching to fuck perfection. And we believe that wholeheartedly, but we would be lying to you guys if we said we weren't at the same time unconsciously striving to be that perfect version of ourselves. And so there's just this really difficult moment in seeing what you want and knowing what you want and knowing that your behaviors aren't meeting that expectation. And we know that as we continue to grow and as we continue to change, we're going to continue to face this issue because our expectations will change and our behaviors will change. And the point of this conversation is to essentially unlock the patterns that get us to this headspace and get us closer to forgiveness so that we are able to get closer to the people that we want to be and so that we no longer let the past define us. We just let it be a part of our story. So incredibly well said. Um, you really hit the nail on the head. And I think many of our listeners are going to relate to why we chose this topic. Also, I remember when we did choose to do it, it was almost laughable at first because, gosh, there is so much baggage that <laughs> we would love to throw in a fire and watch it burn. And Carly and I were discussing it before we hit record. You know, we're both kind of looking at these different practices and thoughts that when we have stuck 
energy, thoughts, old behaviors, and we repress those emotions and we don't forgive ourselves that it manifests in other ways. And for instance, when I was talking about this healing your back pain book, he really goes into how your back pain is a manifestation of repressed energy and emotions. And it could be anything on a spectrum from mild to extreme that you've been holding down within yourself. And I know Carly wants to reference something from Deepak, our godfather here, but that's also something you learn in yoga teacher training called samskaras, which are deep grooves internally that you've created from stuck energy and thoughts and emotions. So I think this is actually really well-timed with where we're at in our lives for both of us. Um, and I hope it is for everyone listening in too. But you know, Carly really touched on a lot, but just to reiterate why forgiveness is so important. Um, it's the only way towards that true healing and transformation. And it's a part of learning how to love yourself and accept yourself as you are, which is really hard. And in the process of going through forgiveness, it helps you become more compassionate, both towards yourself, others, and situations. Um, it also, like we love that Liz Gilbert says in Big Magic, it helps us not take everything so seriously because it matters, but then it doesn't matter. And that's one thing that I'm really trying to learn. And lastly, you know, why forgiveness? Because we are imperfect human beings, even though we're constantly striving, even though it might be unconscious uh, for perfection, there is this link between forgiving ourselves and letting go of that perfection and um, recognizing that, yes, we make mistakes, but sometimes it was out of our realm and even out of our consciousness and it's time to let it go. Yeah. So I think Carly and I kind of want to go into like a round table discussion about what we want to let go and imagine that we have this big burning fire in front of us and we've written down things on papers, pieces of paper that we want to throw in that fire and watch it burn and release from our physical, mental, and emotional self so that we can free up space and feel uh, feel more whole. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like imagining like this burning cauldron and we're standing around it like witches or something. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah. Beautifully said. So I guess for me and thinking about forgiving myself, you know, I, I could go into the daily grind you know, I beat myself up over the stupidest shit. Like, I shouldn't have eaten that. Why am I not trying harder to work out? Why am I not being healthier? Why am I not more patient with my family? Why don't I give more time to my partner? Why don't I, um, why am I not more organized? Why am I too organized? I need to chill. I'm like way too chill. Why am I so chill? Like, I, I mean, those are just the daily thoughts. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, sister. <laughs> Sorry, did I just send that? I mean, I no, just No, they're so like accurate. These, right? They come into your mind all of the time. And then it's like you have to tell yourself, hey, you're doing your fucking best. Chill out um, in there, mind. Yeah, calm down, mind. You know, I'm doing my best. I'm incredibly disciplined. I actually work really hard on my physical and mental well-being. But as far as like, 
deeper shit. Um, this is like a weird one for me because I think that I'm often trying to fit into this box of who I used to be, the person I was growing up, and the younger me, this like perfect, pretty girl. Um, and so getting older and having to deal with some of the body issues I've dealt with and life issues and like really the my personal evolution of my whole being and comparing that to who I was is really really challenging and I and I don't know why I always sort of come back to this childhood self I think that a lot of I guess a lot of us probably do. But I guess it's a double whammy for me of sort of forgiving who I was because I was so different then and the choices and things that I did when I was younger. And I mean, it was like pretty imperfect me, but then there was also like crazy party queen bee out all night doing drugs me. So that's twofold. But then it's also forgiving myself for who I am now. Because as weird as it is, I still find myself um, comparing who I am to that girl. And it's not so much the party version of me. It's like the younger version of me. And I have no idea if that made sense or if that resonated with anybody. But... Well, it doesn't need to resonate with anybody because I think everyone's younger, more fucked up self is going to look wildly different. Um, There might be similarities, but realistically, it it probably really resonates with you and that's what matters. So into the cauldron that goes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So mine is... I have a few I want to get out. I texted Carly before yesterday and said, I just need to have like a major cauldron fire burning session via a podcast episode. And hopefully we do it for real in the future uh, while we're on the boat. But okay, something I am working to let go of is forgiving the younger version of myself whose happiness relied on attention external attention, mostly from men, but there were also times that it came from women. And I had, and I still have, a fascination with bending the rules, engaging with people that I shouldn't, and generally disrespecting my body by offering sex in return for attention. And sex could be like literal sex or um, different varying degrees of sexual encounters. And it started really young for me around age 14. And it created this big reliance upon seeking validation and happiness from external factors like men and women. And if I reflect back on some of the experiences I was in, some of the places I was in, And the people that I allowed to touch me and be inside me, it repulses me. And it like kind of makes me want to vomit. Like, who was that girl? And how did you end up in that guy's bed? And what were you thinking? Um, And so now, fast forward to who I am at almost 30, going on 35, um, I'm learning. (laughs) She's actually 29. She's not going on 35. (laughs) I really feel like I'm 30. Okay. 
Carly does not feel like she's 30, but I feel. <laughs> okay. So now fast forward to my 29-year-old self who wants to be 30. I'm learning how to create my own happiness and to recognize the power that lies within me and to make peace with the moments that already unfolded. But yeah, it's it's hard. There's always this narcissist version of me that's walking around, you know, waiting in the wings to be awakened by someone's attention. And it's a constant conflict that I have to really monitor and ask myself, why are you seeking that person's attention? What is it doing for you? You know, how is it turning you on? And letting go of those old, really deeply ingrained patterns. And I think I learned it from a lot of the women that surrounded me in high school. Um, sadly, that was kind of the norm, having a lot of disgusting sex, you know, with people we shouldn't have been in bed with. And yeah, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna take a while to unpack that and maybe some professional help because there's something really deeply attached to that and me needing attention and me not, me figuring out how to not cave into that. So that's one of my fucked up younger selves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I can completely relate. I mean, not in the exact same context as you, of course, but looking back and wondering why I did the things I did, why I was with the people that I was with, why I wasted time and energy and my body in spaces that they didn't need to be. So it's really challenging to um, sort of hold back that veil. So good for you for acknowledging it and being brave enough to talk about it. Yeah. And, you know, I think another one I want to throw into the cauldron is how much of a mean girl I used to be um, in high school. Mm. Yeah. And like, I would say most of college, really until later in college when I met Myers and um, you girls, Carly and her tribe of Carly's, um, <laughs> I was programmed to be a mean girl. And it started really young again because I fell into that group of girls that are um, – tagged as the popular crowd and the cheerleaders. And this isn't to say that all cheerleaders are mean girls, but it was very stereotypical. And I found myself constantly projecting why other women weren't cool enough, pretty enough, thin enough, whatever enough, and why they couldn't hang out with me or my friends or why I didn't want to give them the time of day. Um, or just being plain mean, like really plain mean. And, you know, my mom is so happy that I met Myers and the girlfriends I have now and that I left the sorority world and went into the yoga world because it really has changed me. Um, there's still times where that mean girl comes out. I think it's part of being a woman, but I'm really trying to learn how to let that go, let that go, let that go. And, you know, not feel so embarrassed by my actions that I took earlier. You know, it's it's mm -hmm. disheartening. Like, who was that bitch? Mm -hmm. And even now that I'm calling her a bitch, mm -hmm. it's like keeping the cycle going, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's such a good one. You're so right. I definitely also fell victim to that multiple times. I mean, I have clear memories of 
being mean to other women and other girls just because everybody else was sort of doing it and you fall victim to that. And even to translate that into current life, you know, I hate when I'm mean to my partner. Like I hate for no reason or super judgmental. Like as Ali knows, like I can be a hard ass. Um, poor Mike is really takes it like a champ, but where does that come from? Like, where does that need to tell other people what they're doing is wrong or right? And I don't know if it always comes from a place of love or if it actually comes from a place of control or if it's deep rooted in these past behaviors of us when we were 17 years old. If there's a therapist listening, <laughs> can you please come? And can you, you please want come to call the waves? <laughs> well, and also reflecting on our episode last week with Dana from Do the Hot Pants, there was a moment there where it got a little uncomfortable because I had a certain viewpoint or judgment about people who drink soda. And she really schooled me on that we have no right to judge anything that goes into anyone's mouth. And um, and while I still have a different viewpoint in a way that I don't think it's healthy to drink five sodas, I can see where she's coming from. And when we reflect on like, where did I get programmed that soda is bad? And like, how did I learn to judge people based on their food intake? And it goes back to how I was raised. You know, I lived in a household that we ate healthy and my mom had all low fat and reduced fat shit everywhere. And, you know, if you weren't a certain weight, then we had to talk about it. And, um, mm. you know, you can definitely trace back some of those moments that you have now in your life and think, where is that coming from? Um, mm. And I think it definitely takes that self-awareness that we always talk about here to be like, oh shit, what did I just say? Stop pause. Where's that coming from? And I mean, that's like therapy 101 in my book. In every book I've read, mm -hmm. they want to take you back to your childhood and unpack where that's coming from. And it, it takes work and it takes a lot of awareness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, honestly, Ali and I could probably spend the next hour and a half talking about the things we'd like to forgive about ourselves. <laughs> Uh, but we're not going to do that to you guys. So thank you so much for allowing us to release that. And even just having this conversation, I feel better. Like I was kind of anxious this morning and which is another thing. I don't know why, but I, I'm just feeling so much more relaxed. So I think that's just a testament to the power of talking about your issues and taking them from the darkness into the light. Um, but anyway, let's move on. So you know why we're talking about forgiveness and you know some of the things that have held Ali and I back over the years and and they're really challenging and it's things that we're still working on today. So now we want to move into how we can um let it be with our forgiveness and get to a get to a place where we're ready to forgive and some tools and tips that we're currently using to get to that place personally and that we think might help um with you guys yes, we do so one yeah. note i want to say yeah. about the fire and the burning and the throwing things in is when our yoga meditation lifestyle retreat happens 
which if you're someone who wants to go on a retreat, it will most likely be this summer. We will definitely have a fire burning session. <laughs> oh my gosh. Serious fire. Serious fire, fire, fire burning, burning session. Um, <laughs> <laughs> lastly, I do want to touch on this concept as we dive into this of letting it be versus letting it go. Um, I talk about this in my body, mind, soul detox, but I learned it from another yoga teacher who played the infamous song, Let It Be by the Beatles. And she brought this new perspective around the idea of not saying let it go anymore because I think it's mm, like overused a little bit and it's very easier said than done because we have all these past memories and experiences that are deeply ingrained. And so to say let it go can seem like unattainable and almost trivial in a way. And she offered, what if we just say, let it be like, just let whatever's going on settle and, um, not take up space anymore and not, not bring expectations around it. And so I personally love that concept of what can we just let be, um, maybe cause you're not ready to let go yet. So I just wanted to offer that as we kick off this portion of our conversation. Um, okay. So talking about how to let it be as a yoga teacher and someone who's studying the chakra system, as you're listening to us, I want to give you a moment to reflect on where you want to forgive in your life or what it is you want to forgive in your life and then recognize where it manifests in your body. And you might not be able to recognize it in this moment, but do you feel it in your mind or your headspace? Is it around your chest and your heart? Is it in your stomach where you get butterflies? Is it down in your womb? Um, maybe it's in the trunk of your body, um, like your legs. So recognizing where that pain or that emotion is sitting and where it might be repressed in your body. And once you locate it, you can start learning about the chakra system um, more in depth and learning which one is correlating to your stuck energy or stuck pain. And then using the tools and practices that are available to you to move through that energetic center, to move through that blockage. That's something I'm really only scratching the surface on. But if you're interested, I always recommend Wheels of Life. It's an incredible book. And then um, I also have a free chakra challenge. It's a seven-day experience that you go through each one that could introduce you to each center. Um, it's a big, big concept to learn, but they're easily broken down if you're willing to learn it. And lastly, if you're still just like, ugh, I don't know where this energy or this stuck shit is sitting in my body, then, you know, our advice would be to like always get quiet, take a moment with yourself, find stillness, and, um, move into a meditative state so that you can more clearly think about where it's sitting and residing in your body, which, you know, easily transitions us to talk about meditation now and using that as a tool to let it be. Yeah. I love what you're saying about thinking where in your body you're holding onto it. I was like going through my body when you were saying that, thinking like, okay, where am I holding it onto? And when you said butterflies in your stomach, that really resonated with me. So I feel like I should... Which, which chakra is that? Number one, that's because you're getting married in a month. Um, but (laughs) (laughs) that is your Manipura chakra. 
and it has to do with your willpower and your energy and your purpose and um, your Mm -hmm. ability to overcome inertia. So taking the next step and the element is fire. So it's that place where you're like doing the work and getting shit done and creating change. And that's what you're doing right now. (laughs) How fitting. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, Anyway, moving on to meditation, you guys know that we are big proponents of that here. And I I have to reference a meditation technique that I first um, learned about when I read the book Spirit Junkie, and it's one that I've carried with me all these years later because it's really powerful. And so what you do is um, you get into meditation and you essentially um, imagine that there's a ball of light in your heart. And as you breathe and as you relax, that light moves from your heart throughout your entire body, right? So you're essentially glowing Um, This happens with every inhale and exhale, and it's like a long process. And then after you become the light, you bring in the person or people or experience or um, idea that you need to forgive. You bring that with you. You welcome that into your meditation. You see it. You hold it. You see it with you. It's standing beside you. And... Essentially, you pass your light over to this person or thing so that eventually both of you are covered in light. And it's a way of saying, you know, I forgive you. Let's move forward. I honor you. And taking that person or that experience with you, as Ali was kind of saying, letting it be. Um, and then being able to move forward knowing that you have forgiven and that you have shared your light. And really it's coming from a place of love because we can't move forward with any forgiveness for anyone or for ourselves if we don't do it out of a place of love. And so I've practiced this meditation myself many, many times. I will say it's incredibly powerful and it's very healing. And if that's something that interests you, I'll definitely link it in the show notes in a more detailed way so that you can um, walk through it yourself. That was awesome. Hopefully you do that at our retreat too. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Just so you guys know, we're going to keep plugging this retreat until it happens. So keep listening in. Um, Okay. So in addition to learning more about your chakras and doing this guided light meditation work. You can also do some really simple things like writing yourself or a person or a situation, a letter, and you can choose to actually give it to that person if that's who you write it to, or you can rip it up and it can never be seen again. But it's all about getting out the repressed emotions and energy. Um, The more we let it sit in our body, the more havoc it can wreak. So Getting it out on paper can be really cathartic. You can also have some hard conversations. Again, maybe you're talking to yourself out loud and having like a serious one-on-one and telling yourself it's time to let this be. Or maybe you're reaching out to someone that you have this stuck tension with. And if you are going to reach out to someone, you know, that's a tough place to be. 
definitely lead with the intention to forge forgiveness. And I would, we would both recommend like putting that out there right away as the conversation unfolds, because, you know, some stuff is really hard to talk about and leading with that forgiveness aspect will bring, you know, a lightness, a lightness to the conversation. Um, so lastly, we talked about the cauldron and the fire, but again, if there's stuff that you feel like you want to burn, uh, you can write all your things on pieces of paper. You can create a fire. I've also just gotten a pot out from underneath my cabinet and put all the papers in a pot and burned it. It doesn't need to be this big seance of a situation. It can be something as small as a pot and a lighter and you burn the paper and to make it even more potent, you could do that around the time of like the new and the full moons, which are thought of as times that there's this big energy in the sky and you can feed off of it and um, hopefully release it that much more from your psyche. Yeah, that's a great idea. Another burning technique that I've learned about with forgiveness and also surrendering is to take something that you're holding on to and write it down. And then you just put it in a jar or something with a lid. Maybe it's like a special box or whatever. And you just leave it there. You put it in the box and it's living in the box. And you can like talk to the box and you can pray on the box and you can meditate on the box, whatever you want to do with this thing. And when you're ready to let it go, you take it out of the box and you burn it. And then the box is sitting and waiting for the next thing. And it's sort of a way to like segment the release, I guess, because mm. maybe we're not ready to let it go right mm-hmm. away, but the box sort of holds it for us until we're ready. I like that. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of other things we can do to, you know, self-love is a huge part of everything we talk about. And of course, it's a huge part of this. One thing that you can't... Um, you really can't negate the power of is the wonderful and amazing sticky note. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you just need to sticky note the shit out of everything. I remember going through a particularly challenging time and I just covered my mirror in sticky notes, like positive affirmation sticky notes to the point where I couldn't even really see myself. So when I would have to get ready for work, I would have to like take four of the sticky notes off so I could like actually see my face and then put them all back on. But it's like sometimes we just need the reminder. And this is why people are so big on vision boards and um, mantras and all that jazz. But I find that when I see the note, it really helps me to check. It checks me back in because we can get so lost in the spiral of our thoughts. And sometimes you just need that one quick thing to bring you back. And as I'm talking right now, I'm looking at this stack of like neon rainbow sticky notes. Oh man, here, here you come. Here comes uh, Carly attacking the mirror. <laughs> but yeah, but there, it, it's so easy. It's so easy to do. We all have sticky notes. You can put them in your bathroom. You can put them in your car. You can put them on your desk at work. You know, anywhere that you're at where you need to see something that you frequent often and you need that little reminder, it's such a simple thing to to bring you back down. So that's something I love doing. Another thing is journaling, of course. Duh. You knew I was going to talk about this. But how can you not? I mean, and we talk about meditation. We talk about unlocking the chakras. We talk about 
<sighs> talking to ourselves. I mean, the next obvious step in my eyes is to write it down. Let it out on paper. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let it out in your journal. You'd be proud. I've been Say journaling the- over here. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. you have? I'm Good. like getting to the end of my Good. journal too. And I, I don't know. I have this weird feeling whenever I get to those final pages of a journal. Like, I don't know, you're sealing a chapter of yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you can reflect and turn back on all those pages of thoughts that you wrote down. And yeah, there's something about finishing one. But I do have to say, I've been doing it pretty regularly the past two or three weeks. And it feels really good. Even if you write absolutely nothing that matters, like you don't have to get deep every time you open it. It can just be reflecting on the day you had or the day you want to have. And then other entries are really deep. And I write for like five pages. And regardless of what gets written down, it's so relaxing and it's a way to tune back into what's going on with yourself. Oh, look at you. You're finally coming around. The journaling girl has come forth. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, moving forward. Um, I think it's also important to remember that this is a long road, you guys. It's not easy to forgive. It sounds easy when we talk about funny things like journaling, but it's hard, you know? We have a lot of deeply repressed shit, as you heard Ali and I unpacking about 15 minutes ago. And it's going to happen in layers, and it's going to take a lot of time, and it's incredibly complicated. Um, Deepak has this, Deepak Chopra has this whole theory that it's kind of like what you were talking about, Ali, with the back mm-hmm. pain. Um, but just essentially that when we hold on to guilt and resentment in our bodies, um, it raises our cortisol. So it raises our stress responders. And eventually over time, that leads to inflammation within our bodies, which makes us more prone to autoimmune disorders and premature death and heart attacks and strokes. And essentially it's, it's terrible for us, right? And as soon as we decide to let that go, the body immediately is able to come back to a place of homeostasis and back to a place of peace. And I think that's so true. Like you can feel it in your body, right? Like when you're really holding on to something, um, and you finally let it go, it's not just mental and emotional. Like the release is physical for sure. And it's just a reminder that we may think that these things that we're holding on to are, impa- are only impacting us emotionally, but they're not. We're totally interconnected. And it's something that Ali and I struggle with a lot. We're like, oh, why, why is this one physical thing happening? And it's like, oh, well, maybe we should look at all of the layers behind that issue. It's not ever really just the issue, right? And another thing he says that I want to – make a point of here, which just aids in the complication of forgiveness, but is that when you forgive, it doesn't mean that you're condoning the behavior. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with. Like, I don't want to say that that was okay because it wasn't. And we're not saying that. And in fact, it's, it's not condoning it at all. You can still believe that the behavior was wrong and wasn't the right choice. What you're doing when you're forgiving is setting yourself free. You're freeing yourself and you're giving yourself the gift of release 
instead of the pain and the shackles of holding on to what was. And so I just want to remind you guys that it doesn't mean that you're saying that you condone what you did, even if you didn't. Yeah. I love that. And I love what Deepak said, and it's really aligning with this book that I'm reading. So I think that will continue to blow my mind, this whole idea of our thoughts manifesting as physical, you know, injury or illness or what have you, challenges. But also, I really love what you just said about that we don't have to condone it. Like we can still think that was fucked up and that shouldn't have happened. But that just because we still think that way doesn't mean we need to hold on to it and keep it inside. So really well said. Um, You know, we hope that by sharing this topic and this conversation and some personal tidbits about our former fucked up younger selves that each of you take a moment to reflect on what you want to forgive in your own life and what you want to let be and choose the method or methods that you will try to let go and let be of these things that are stuck in your body, you know, in your in your physical, emotional, mental self. And of course, we'll have everything listed over in the show notes and in the blog post about what we're talking about here, which you guys can always find at truthanddaremovement.com. And, you know, one last thing, if you're feeling like, oh man, I can't work through this stuck energy, these stuck past situations and experiences, there's nothing wrong with seeking out professional help. And I've done it in the past. I know Carly's done it, but professional help could be traditional talk therapy. Professional help could be energy workers and healers like massage therapists and Reiki. Um, It could be a whole slew of different modalities. It could also be a meditation teacher or a pranayama breathwork teacher, or maybe it's a private yoga teacher. You know, if you can't get through it on your own, find someone, seek someone out and, you know, they've been studying, use their skill set to help you work through it um, quicker and uh, more thoroughly. Yeah. Absolutely. That is 100% true. Never be scared to reach out and ask for help. Thank you so much for joining us today, you guys. Um, It means a lot to be able to share this space with you, to be able to be open and honest and um, to continue to try our best. So thanks. Thank you for being here for us. Um, As always, you can find everything you need from this episode and more over at truthanddaremovement.com. And we will catch you next week. We will. Bye. Bye.